This is the Pile Perspective, and I'm your host, Chris Pyle. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. Um, I know it's been a few minutes, but you know what? I'm going to be honest with you for a few seconds here. Um, I really haven't been feeling it. You know what I mean? Like, I really want this show to be something that 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 glorifies God. And if I don't feel like he's given me something to talk about, I'm not going to just record shows for the sake of recording shows. You know what I mean? Like, I really want this to stay relevant and and somewhat on on task here when it comes to glorifying God and spreading his message. And with that being said, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't feel like I've been completely fair. Um, I, this is like episode 15, 16, something like that. I think it's 15. Either way, I've done all these episodes and, and, you know, and I've had some fun ones and that's cool. And I've had some teaching ones and that's cool. But I really feel like it's not awesome to do this many episodes where 80 to 90 percent of my content has been opinion. And while I think I base my opinion off of truth, I feel like there should be at least one episode where I'm just strictly bringing the gospel. Maybe an episode where you got a friend that don't want to talk to you about Jesus or anything, and maybe you've tried sending them videos, this, that, and the other, or whatever, just trying to get them to listen to something about Jesus, and they just are not having it. So my hope here is maybe I can give just a few moments here. I'm not going to draw this out. You know, there's, there's time later once you accept Jesus to get into building your doctrine and, and nitpicking this, that, and the other. Not that you really need to nitpick God, you know, but you know what I mean. Like as far as building your 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 whole doctrine and everything you believe, there's time to do that. We we have to get the, the foundation first, and that's Jesus. We gotta get that cornerstone laid down before we go any further. And that's what I'm gonna to attempt to do today. And and with that being said, you know what? I haven't taught from a stage a whole, whole lot. I mean, I've done it a few times. I'm not the, the best speaker um, in the world. I'm not the, uh, I'm, I'm not the best of anything, really, in the whole world. But what I'm going to try to do is just level with you, bring you some truth, and maybe give you not so much my perspective on things, but just truth. And, and maybe give you a different way to think about some stuff with the truth and just some stuff to consider. So we're not going to go through every single story in the Bible or anything like that. I do have one scripture that I'll go through here in a few moments. But let's just brush over a few things here. Everybody is familiar with the story of creation. God created the heavens and earth and all the things on it, and he's doing all this stuff. And I could really go into that story for episodes and episodes because there's a lot to dissect there. But that's not what we're doing today. But anyway, you know the story. Adam and Eve, you know, first he made Adam. It wasn't good for Adam to be alone, so he wanted to give him a, a mate. And he gave him Eve. 
things are rocking on. They're they're in paradise. Things are great and wonderful. And then they get tempted by the serpent. And, of course, they eat what they're not supposed to eat. And it just throws the whole thing out of control. You know, then it puts like this barrier between us and God. And God, if you if you really pay attention as you're reading your Bible, which there's time for, <laughs> you'll see that the whole Old Testament is about God restoring his people. You know, he, he does this and that and the other. And then eventually, Jesus. Okay? So, I know I'm really brushing over this really, really fast. But let's go with a few questions somebody that is not a believer may have. I know there's a lot of them, and I can't answer all of them. I'm just going to answer, because I look at this from my perspective, the way I grew up. Like, I grew up believing in God and believing in Jesus. And I had got taken to an old school church several times growing up. It really wasn't my flavor, not down in them. It just wasn't what I was into. Um, Not that they were all right. They weren't all wrong either. But I grew up with this vague belief, but I really didn't know what to do with it. And, And the way I was raised and the stuff I was taught and everything like that, I was really, it really wasn't a big deal in my house. You know, like everybody would say, yeah, we believe in God and Jesus, but nobody was living it. So you might be thinking, why do I need Jesus? Why should I even waste my time even concerned about it? And this is what I'll ask you. Are you not concerned at all about what happens when you go? Like when this life's over, it's inevitable. We're all going to die at some point. I know it's scary and it sucks to think about because we all just want to walk around just oblivious to the fact that one day our number is going to be up and we're going to be gone. And this isn't a fear thing. I'm not going to sit here and preach hellfire and brimstone, though there needs to be a little more of that in uh, the church culture nowadays. That's not what I'm coming at you with today. But maybe you've thought about it a few times. Maybe you're, you're worried about it. Maybe you've lost a lot of people and they've died and you aren't sure what they believe. So if they didn't make a big deal out of it, then why should you? Maybe that's the way you're thinking. For me, I always had this little thought in the back of my mind of one day I'm going to get to the bottom of this. One day. I am really going to dig in and read that Bible and and figure out some things. And then one time when I was like 21, I did that. I had a friend, like my best friend ever. Um, you know, we were all partiers. We all did whatever drugs we could get our hand on, whatever women we could chase, whatever we could drink. Like, that's what we were about. That's what we did. Seven days a week, just whatever we could get into is what we were doing. At the minimum... Smoking weed every day. So, I always said one day I'm going to get into it. And then one day my best friend says, I'm leaving the life. And like he had like had this kind of planned out. Like he was going to leave the life and get straightened up. Well, in the course of planning this out, he went to a church. 
he got saved, and boy, did he start coming at me with some Jesus. I moved out of the house I had been living in with some friends so that I could get away from the lifestyle. I started going to church with him. I went up there to the altar call and said I wanted to get saved. And I did a little prayer with a preacher. And uh, that lasted for about a month with me. Um, I felt really good about things. I think I, I read most of the Bible in a month. I wasn't working at the time. I sat around the house all day, every day, reading the Bible. I read a lot of it. If it wasn't all of it, it was a lot of it. Because, I mean, I was reading hours and hours all day, every day for almost a month. I was in a, a bad spot financially and everything. Moved back in with my mom and, and all this stuff. Devoured the Bible. I was getting so full of light. So full of light. And then I got this job. This job kind of put me out of this little bubble I had built for myself. And then within a few weeks of having this job, man, I quit going to church. I started smoking weed again. Then I started selling weed again. And I I was like worse off than I was before. And then after a little while, I'm sitting here thinking, how did this happen? You know, I, I, I went to church and I did this special prayer with this guy. How did this happen? Well, then over the course of the next five years, this seed of doubt started swelling up in me. So if you're out there saying, I doubt that there's a God, I've been there. I know that. And when it comes to me being worse after going back to the life, after leaving it for a little bit, there's a scripture about that. It talks about when a spirit leaves a house and comes back and finds everything nice and tidy. It goes and finds seven more of its homies, its other other spirits to come back with it. And the final condition is worse than when you started. Anything that I can't tell you, hey, this book, I think that's James, but you can just Google that stuff. That's how I find stuff in the Bible. I just Google it. But anyway, over the next few years, I had to see the doubt. And I started feeling this condemnation every day. Like I, I had this little voice in my head that was like, man, you don't feel normal unless you smoke weed. So then I would smoke the weed. And then the same voice would be like, you're a piece of crap because you just smoked weed. Let me tell you what's happening right there. There's a battle for your soul between good and evil. The devil wants to bring as many people down with him as he can. He's already made his mistake. He's already challenged the throne and got put in his spot. He knows what the end game is going to be for him and that he can't beat God. So all he can really do now is attack the ones God is trying to save. Chris, you said you was going to bring the gospel. That's, I have to, you know, input my story here and there. That's how I'm going to try to make it relatable. But there's a fight. Scripture says the enemy goes around like a lion looking for someone to devour. That's you and me. That's us. Okay. So Chris... I have this seed of doubt. I did too. Let me tell you what turned things around for me. And it was fear, honestly. I, I don't think much good comes out of fear, but I do think if it 
scares you away from what's bad for you, then a healthy fear of God is good. That's the only fear that I will say is beneficial to you is a healthy fear of God. We'll get into that in a minute. Well, we'll get into it right now. When I say a healthy fear of God, I don't mean like, oh my God, my daddy's going to spank me when he gets home and finds out I broke a lamp. I mean, like when you stand in front of the ocean and you look how big and majestic and powerful the ocean is and it makes you feel so small. Like if you stay on the beach and you stay where you're supposed to be, you know, unless it's a tsunami or something, that ocean is not going to hurt you. But it's having a healthy fear and respect for what's in front of you. Knowing, man, I get out of line with that ocean. It'll squish me like a bug. Okay, you know, we'll leave that there. Because that's not God's heart for you. It's not God's uh, heart for anybody to perish, okay? He, He wants everybody to be redeemed to Him. It's up to us to choose that. And you can get deeper into doctrine on predestination. That's not what we're here for today. I'm here for the people that are struggling right now, thinking there's got to be more than what's going on right now. Maybe you did a prayer with somebody at some point, and then you fell right back into the life, the old life. You fell right back into your old ways. So it's planted this seed of doubt in you. Maybe you've lived perfectly squeaky clean and you've just had a charmed life and you've never recognized God in it and things have just went real great so why do you need God? Because at some point money is going to dwindle. Shiny things are going to rust. Stuff is going to dwindle away as you and I will. These bodies we have will be gone one day and all that's going to be left is our soul, our spirit which came from him And he will decide what happens to it when this body's done and can't hold on to it anymore. Okay, so I had read this book about this guy who, I don't know, it's supposed to be true. You know, he claimed he he went to hell and he described hell. I read this whole book in one night sitting on a couch um, and I went to bed squalling my eyes out because I knew without a doubt that if I died before I woke up the next day that that's where I was going to go. I just knew it. Like it was that if going from thinking, man, God probably don't even exist. I tried following him and he just let me fall away and all this really bad attitude about stuff. That night, it just resonated in my spirit that if there's a heaven, I'm not going to make it tonight. And let me tell you, well, Chris, I'm a pretty good person. I haven't done drugs or smoked weed. I haven't drank beer. I haven't had premarital sex. I haven't done any of these things you've talked about before. I'm a pretty good person. Let me ask you this. Scripture tells us if we broke one law, we broke them all. Okay, everybody knows Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill, have any other gods, you know, honor your father and your mother, do not, you know, covet neighbor stuff, don't, his wife, false witness, all these things. Let me tell you, have you ever told a lie? Just one little bitty, what we say, white lies, have you ever told one? You're late to work. You're late to work because you slept late. 
You didn't feel like getting out of bed. But when a boss asks you, why are you late? Oh, something with the kids. Car trouble. Whatever, except for just being honest. Being like, man, I didn't want to get my butt out of bed. You've told a lie. Have you ever stolen anything? If you've told a lie, what's that make you? A liar. Have you ever stolen anything? Well, not really. If you've ever taken a pen from work, thief. If you've ever taken a pack of staples from work or anything that you didn't pay for, was it given to you outright and you took it without whoever owned it knowledge? Thief. Have you ever lusted? Scripture says to look at a woman and lust for her, you've already committed adultery. Now, I'm talking about these things. These are all things I was guilty of. So right there, I'm a thief. I'm a lying thief adulterer. That's why I went to bed. That's why I went to bed that night thinking or knowing rather, if I die right now, I'm going to hell. And it scared the crap out of me. You know, this was about like, not even quite a year or maybe about a year. I don't think it was. I think it was six months maybe. It wasn't too long after my dad died. So, you know, death was fresh on my mind. So, yeah, we can contribute that a little bit to it. But I'm thankful for it. What I learned later was that I didn't have to be so scared because once I accepted Jesus, and this is easy, and at the end of this, I'll give a few moments because I mean, I'm going to tell you, you don't have to go to some preacher man or some whatever. We'll do it right now, okay? Or you can keep listening to the end of, till the end of this and do it. You don't have to be listening to this while you do it. You don't, okay? Scripture says, Believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus paid for your sins. That's all it takes. Know what I mean? You can do a prayer. If you if it makes it make you feel more formal about it, then say a prayer. Talk to God. And something along the lines of God, I love you. I trust you. I admit to you I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness. I need Jesus to come into my heart and transform me. Please, God, come into my life, come into my heart, and have your way. This is where I'm going to go to the scripture. Everybody, you know what John 3.16 is. Well, we're going to read John 3.16 down to 21. Just to, we're, we're going to read this, and then we'll talk about that for a minute, and then You know, I'm trying to give you the easiest version of the gospel here. You know, less than a half hour sermon, if that's what you want to call it. So John 3.16. I read NASB. I read some other stuff, but this is in the NASB. It said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Well, just that part. Whoever believes in him. And I could go on and on about how it ain't just a Bible that has recorded Jesus' existence. There's other books that recorded. Of course, they don't call him the Messiah or God's son, but there was actually a man in other books that came here 
that was labeled that by everybody that knew him, the son of God, that was crucified on a cross. Okay. We're going to believe the Bible because this is the inspired word of God that we have here. So, for God did not send the man into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the holy begotten Son of God. This is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and men love the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light, and does not come to the light, for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light, so that his deeds may be manifested as having been, the words wrought in God, wrought, W-R-O-G-H-T. I had to look that word up. What's that mean? Well, first of all, it talks about people that don't believe or people that, that don't want to give in to this. They, they kind of hide their sin. You know what I mean? They're, they're trying to hide it so that it won't. And they're afraid to come to God because they're afraid God's going to put them on blast and bring all their stuff out. You know what I mean? They're, they're afraid God's going to put read their mail. Well, I'm sorry to tell you, he already knows all of it. You just don't want him to bring it up to you, right? But right here it says, But he who practices the truth comes to the light, so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought with God, in God. What's that word mean? Let's look it up. Rot. That's how you say it. R-O-T. Rot. Mm-hmm. Archaic past and past parts. I don't know. Participle of work. An archaic past. Uh, that's a verb as an objective beaten out or shaped by hammering. To me, as an objective there, that's that's pretty good stuff. Because then what's that mean? It means for everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to light for fear their deeds will be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifested as have been beaten out or shaped by hammering. So if you believe in God, you bring him your burdens, you bring him all your fears, you bring him all these things that you're struggling with every day, right now, your doubt, your your worry, everything that keeps you up at night, everything that keeps you from being able to function in society and have any kind of joy in your life, you're bringing all this stuff to him so that he can Beat it out and shape it. He takes all of it unto him. Okay? You don't have to walk around with the world on your shoulders. And I'm telling you, if if I can read this word and, and get this from it, anybody can. Okay? This isn't... We're not even going real deep here. We're not going into breaking down each word into, you know, Latin or Aramaic, all this stuff. We're just taking it for what it says right there in English. You don't have to be afraid to come to him. If you you hear this more often than people would like to admit, but people like to say, well, I just got to get some stuff straightened up first. I, I have to get 
I have to I have to get to living better or something like that. Then I'll come to church. Well, let me tell you this much right here, bud. You can't fix you. This is a the the old thing I, I've been saying for years is, would you take your Ferrari to a Hyundai dealership? No, because that Hyundai mechanic he may be awesome and he may be able to take a Hyundai apart top to bottom. But more often than not, he is not going to know what to do with the Ferrari or the Lambo or the Bugatti, whatever. Yeah, you're a Bugatti. You're good. You're top of the line. You're quality. Chris, I'm nothing. I'm garbage. I'm, I'm dirt. I, I'm not worth a thing. Let me tell you something. Jesus would not give his life for a worthless, crappy, no good. You're worth something. You are. You may feel like a worthless, crappy piece of whatever. That's what the world may call you. And without Jesus's, without without his blood, yeah, that's what we are. But he got up on that cross. And died for our sins to pay a price to be the the blameless, spotless sacrifice for our sins. He died for you. He died for me. And all you got to do is believe that and confess it with your mouth. Believe it in your heart and want it. It's that easy. All this other stuff, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a few a few heads up right here. There's a reason. Let's say you make this decision. I want to follow Jesus. And I'm not going to sit here and blow smoke up your dress and tell you that you're going to confess Jesus and everything's going to be great, awesome, sunshiny, wonderful, everything. That's not going to happen. There's a reason scripture tells us to put on the full armor of God. There's a reason that he tells us that the enemy's going around looking for something to devour. There's a reason that he tells us to be ready and, and all this. It's because we're, we're going to have to fight. Jesus paid the price so that we could be equipped to fight. We do not have to be a slave to sin anymore. We have been equipped to fight this battle. You don't have to be by yourself to fight this battle. So I'll give you that little bit of warning. You're going you're gonna to accept Jesus, confess Jesus, give your life to him. The battle starts. It's better not to fight this battle all alone. That's why we're instructed not to forsake the gathering. We should be with a group. We should find us a church family. We should have us friends. We should have somebody that can go through these things with us. You're not going to find a perfect church. You're going to start, let me tell you, if you start this, you're going to get in that Bible and you're going to start reading stuff. You're going to start ingesting this word and you're going to start seeing all the things that all the churches you've ever been to or heard about are doing wrong. And you're going to be like, well, the Bible says this, but they're doing that. Blah, 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 blah. That's going to happen, bud. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's good. That's just the way it is. It's going to happen. But you, you got to find one that is as close as you can. 
and then work it out with them. So that's it. You know, I, I could go, I could, I could make this a lasagna podcast and just keep putting on layers and layers and layers. But here's the deal. We're liars. We're adulterers. We're thieves. God had a plan for us to dwell with him in paradise. Unfortunately, the first two that were on the stage here, they kind of messed it up for everybody. Let's, well, why couldn't God just do away with sin? Look, man, I promise you, after you mature in the faith, you start seeing things a little differently. Some of these questions you have, you'll eventually go, well, that's just dumb to ask. Some of the questions you have, you'll find answers for. But you have to start that journey. Every journey starts with that first footstep. And it's not like you're going to give your life to, to Jesus and nothing's going to happen. I mean, a true transformation, things are going to happen. You're going to, you're going to see things. Your eyes are going to be open to Scripture. Um, you're, you're going to start seeing the inner workings of what's going on around you after time. I mean, it's, it's awesome. I can, without a doubt, tell you right now that without Jesus, I think it's been like 10 years. I was 26. It's been 14 years. Yeah, so a little more than 10. But I can tell you there's at least two or three times in the last 14 years that if I didn't have Jesus, I would have been out of here. But it's Jesus that's given me this hope and this joy. Things aren't perfect. Never going to be perfect until we get to our final spot. And in order to get there, we got to go through Jesus. So that's going to be it for today. Power Perspective. Um, I appreciate you guys listening to the show. Um, I really needed to do this show because I don't feel like I was going to be able to do any more. Not only that, but this is probably the most important show. I mean, if there's one that can get somebody to accept Jesus and and want to go down this this path and pursue Him and pursue love and joy, then this is the most important show. So I love you guys. God bless you. Like I said, it doesn't have to be long, drawn out, and uh, confusing. You need a Bible? Let somebody know. We'll get you a Bible. I can't buy a Bible for everybody in the country, but, you know, there there's free Bibles out there. We'll get you one. And uh, there's there's one online. There's an app. Everybody has a smartphone now. You can uh, download a Bible onto your smartphone. Um, let's see which one was this one called I use. I use a couple. Version has a bunch of different versions. It's Version Bible app. This, get that in your Google Store, iTunes, wherever you get your apps from. So... Bibles are available. Uh, reach out. Me, somebody. I know you got somebody on your friends list or somebody somewhere you know that is willing to walk with you through this this thing if this is something you want to do. And I really pray that it is because it's God's will to, to know his children. And he loves you. And I love you. Um, Social media, Chris Pyle, K-R-I-S-P-Y-L-E on Facebook. Uh, same name, at eight zero at the end of it for Instagram. 
Um, I'm probably about to transition a lot of my Facebook content. Honestly, I'm getting kind of tired of all, especially with all the mess going on right now. Um, in the world, I'm really getting kind of tired of all the negativity. So probably just going to be promoting the podcast on there a little bit. Probably won't be posting too much other stuff here and there, but, uh, Hey, love you guys. Thanks for listening to the show and God bless you.